This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer, another edition of Green and Growing, uh, running solo today because uh, mainly times didn't work out with Nathan Marzion and I to record uh, at the time we normally record, mainly because my life is psychotically busy uh, at this point. So I decided I would just record it a little bit earlier in the day. Uh, and uh, knock this one out because there's more than enough uh, to talk about. I know many of you want to talk about Nathan Marzion's basketball playing uh, on social media, the video uh, he tweeted out. You're going to have to wait. We'll we'll get to Marzion's explanation for that. I saw NBA memes uh, did a thing with his video. The whole thing isn't music to me, so uh, we'll, we'll get more into that. We'll record again coming up on Monday night. But uh, as we head into the weekend, lots of uh, Bucks news, I guess. First off, this whole Giannis deal, uh, and him having this surgery. And I guess there's a couple of things that I, I'm trying to kind of go through in my brain here as I'm trying to figure out what exactly is, is going on. The first thing I'm trying to figure out is why did we wait till now, right? Because uh, according to Sham Sharanya, Giannis underwent a cleanup procedure on his knee two weeks ago and is uncertain for Greece's FIBA World Cup play this summer, sources confirm. This is what I don't get. I'm pretty sure that knee was bothering him during the season, if I remember uh, the reporting uh, correctly, on the Milwaukee Bucks during the season. This isn't something new. But why are we waiting till July to have the cleanup surgery? Why wasn't this done as soon as the season was done? Get the cleanup surgery and then do what you got to do, whether it's go to Greece or wherever you want to go. Why wait till so close to either that uh, and have it affect uh, the FIBA World Cup uh, or closer to the regular season. That would be my question for Giannis if, if I had a, a chance to talk to him. Was, why did you wait so long? Why didn't you just get this done? As soon as you get eliminated from the playoffs, boom, have the surgery, get it done with, clean it up, and and let's move on. It must not have been that bothersome um, if he took time to go work out in Greece with Marjan Bochamp and, and that whole deal and then comes back and does it now. So weird that he waited so long to do it. But as I put in the tweet, uh, very happy, uh, based on Sham Sharania, that uh, Giannis should be back in plenty of time for the regular season uh, and should be more than good to go for this season, which is good because uh, a lot rides on this Milwaukee Bucks team being healthy this year uh, as far as Chris Middleton being healthy with his new contract, Giannis staying healthy throughout the year. Brooke Lopez uh, was relatively healthy last year. Hopefully he can stay healthy again this year because you've made the decision as an organization to run it back which means now it better pay off. You replaced the head coach, Mike Boonholzer, that so many people wanted gone with another head coach. So if they don't finish this time, 
and they don't win another NBA title this time with Adrian Griffin, then maybe at the end of the day, it wasn't about maybe the head coach. Maybe it was more about the players than maybe it was about the head coach. Now, listen, I, I've never really been a Mike Boonholzer fan, so I'm not going to sit here and defend uh, the fact that what he did was you know amazing, outstanding. He's one of the better X's and O's guys and so forth. No, I, I'm not going to defend that, but he's won a lot of games as an NBA head coach. A lack of adjustments, obviously uh, a big problem when it comes to Mike Budenholzer, especially once you get to playoff time, and I get that. But your choice to replace him was not with a veteran head coach. Your choice to replace him was with a newbie head coach that's never done it. Uh, a former player in the organization with the Bucks, right? A uh, guy that's been an assistant coach and served his dues over the course of uh, several years uh, in the NBA with several different head coaches in Adrian Griffin. As I said then, I'll say it again. I hope it works because... It's going to have to work because now all of these guys' contracts, whether it be Giannis, Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, are all pretty much up if they want to be in two seasons. You have a two-season window to make this work, and hopefully they make this work because if they don't make this work, uh, that is uh, could possibly be the beginning of the end for, obviously, this core group of players. And, and more importantly, what does that then mean for Giannis if they fall on their face in the postseason the next two seasons as well? You quickly went from being a young up-and-coming team to one of the oldest teams in the NBA. Now, there's still time left in the offseason to see what the Milwaukee Bucks will do going forward. One of the rumors out there from a person I've never heard of uh, in my life uh, on Twitter, uh, let me make sure I get this. I see that uh, Nathan Marzian uh, muted him on Twitter. I was never following him. Uh, or knew anything about him literally until I think uh, today when we're recording this, when a buddy of mine uh, texted me asking about this this dude uh, as well. What is he? Is an NBA insider goat? He's got like what three thousand followers or something goofy like that, and he's been posting all these NBA rumors and stuff, uh, and stuff that he or she, we all assume it's a he, but it could be a she, uh, that they are hearing uh, across uh, the NBA. And uh, a lot of people are buying into this person, whoever is tweeting, that they know what they're talking about. And they, uh, whoever this may be, is tweeting a lot about Colin Sexton, the former Cavaliers guard that did a signing trade deal that sent him to Utah as part of the Donovan Donovan Mitchell trade that got Mitchell uh, to go to Cleveland. Uh, And he just literally signed the deal in 2022. It's not even like he's been into this deal for three years literally one year in. He has three years left on his contract. And his contract, according to Spot Track, I went and looked that up today after I saw this rumor going around from this person. Uh and you're talking $17 million to just shy of $19 million, uh in the third year or the last year of this deal, which was a four-year deal. So the number itself is not that bad. That's a more than manageable number. He's in his mid-20s, so he's not old by any stretch of imagination. 24, 25 years old. Still lots of Time to go. Remember, he played at Alabama. Was one of these guys was going to be him and Gardner in the backcourt for Cleveland. And that was going to be the deal. Uh, and then, obviously, that didn't happen because they made the move for Donovan Mitchell. One of these days, I'm going to say Mitchell correctly without like stuttering all over myself. But it's interesting to me if Utah actually does trade Colin Sexton. Because I, I literally don't understand why you would do such a thing if you're Danny Ainge in Utah. You are not... Let me repeat this. You are not going to win an NBA title this year. And I understand that Laurie Marketing played really well for the Jazz last year and kind of ended up being more of the player that everybody thought he was going to be when he was with the Bulls. Uh, and Utah got that out of him. Okay, fine. 
I understand that Utah uh, superseded expectations that were set on Utah when everybody thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league and they were playing to get Webb and Yama. I knew San Antonio was for sure, but I think everybody thought Utah was as well. And then they ended up being better than they thought. And Danny Ainge, who was the mad genius that put together uh, the trio in Boston when they had Paul Pierce, goes and gets Garnett, gets Ray Allen, uh, gets John Rondo in the draft, and they win an NBA title, is now trying to do some of that wizardry uh, in Utah and put together something here. I don't understand why, when you are in that situation of trying to build a roster to win the next uh, two, three years, whatever the case may be, why you'd move on quickly from Colin Sexton. And I'm sure if they do move on from Colin Sexton, there's probably a good reason because the rumor right now has something to do with Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton. And I told my buddy, why would Utah do this? Just explain to me why they would make this deal. Because I clearly am missing something very, very wrong about Colin Sexton, right? So is there off-court issues with Colin Sexton I'm not aware of? Uh, Is there locker room chemistry issues with Colin Sexton that I'm not aware of? There must be a lot of bad stuff that I'm not aware of concerning Colin Sexton that they would take only Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen. There is no chance. I, I will laugh out loud if they get Colin Sexton for Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton. I really will. I John Hors, executive of the year, if they pull this off for those two, I just don't see any way they make that deal. So then after I went through this rigmarole with my buddy, going back and forth, I said, okay. So then I decided, you know what? I am going to put this thing into Google, and I want to see exactly who else of anybody has anything on this. So then I find this website, Clutch Points. And Clutch Points, uh, again, going off of this rumor, uh, like other people are doing, put together a three-team trade proposition uh, that would make sense for Colin Sexton. Because in their mind, they agree with me, there is no way Utah is doing this for Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton. Like, Danny Ainge is not an idiot. He's not going to make that deal, or at least we don't think he is. If he does, again, you will hear me laughing wherever you live. So in this situation here, Clutch Points has a three-team trade proposition where the Jazz... The Bucs and the Mavericks are all involved here. The Jazz would receive Bobby Portis, Maxi Kyber, and JaVel McGee. And this would all be about Bobby Portis, obviously, for the Jazz. The Mavs would get Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Kelly Olynyk, and Malik Beasley. Now, Beasley, I don't think that's happening, right? I don't think they're going to turn around. I think you have to wait so long before you can trade him. So I don't think that would have to happen. It would have to be somebody else. And then the Bucs, uh, this person has, with Colin Sexton, and Tim Hardaway Jr. I get this deal more than I get Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton. Like, I understand why Bobby Portis would be somebody that the Jazz would have interest in. Because Bobby Portis is a good basketball player. I like I totally understand why that would make sense. The Mavericks are in win-now mode. They need vets. That's what they need. Good role players uh, to put around Kyrie on Luka and these guys. So I understand that as well. And now they get Grant Williams uh, as well in a deal from the Boston Celtics. So they're in win-now mode. So now you had a couple more guys that have been a part of an NBA championship in winning, that know how to be good role players, good team players, good chemistry guys uh, in Connaughton and Grayson Allen. That makes sense. Olnick, say whatever you want, he's still a very good 
off-the-bench, role-player-type guy that can give you solid minutes from time to time throughout the course of an NBA season. That one makes sense, too. Beasley, I'm not on board with Beasley getting traded in this deal. But if somehow or another you get Sexton and get mid-20s, and part of the deal, when the Bucks made the hire of Adrian Griffin, something that he was accredited with was great player development. Jimmy Butler loves him some Adrian Griffin and credits Adrian Griffin for developing him uh, to the point where he was able to get to when he was in Chicago and Griffin was an assistant with the Bulls and gave him all the credit in the world and loves him some Adrian Griffin. So if he's as good of a player developer as people say he is, now you're going to give him a young point guard, right, who... Still has three years left on his deal. Unlike the other core players here, they have two. Now, all of a sudden, things get interesting in my mind if we go down this fairy tale world of Colin Sexton being a buck. Because now, if between Drew Holiday and Adrian Griffin, you can coach Sexton up to be that next young good point guard in this league, and you can get him to where you feel comfortable with him, now come next offseason, if you decide, okay, I'm going to go see if I can find another star player that can fill a role. Maybe it's another score, whatever the case may be. Now you may be in a position to where you can trade Drew Holiday, feel comfortable with Colin Sexton running your point guard while you go out and get maybe an impact shooting guard to put next to uh, Sexton with Middleton, with Giannis, and with Brooke Lopez. Now maybe you're in a position to legitimately go get a Bradley Beal-esque type player, whoever that may be. I don't know what shooting guard that may be next offseason. I'm just kind of spitballing here as far as you may be in a position now to really do that without giving up Drew Holiday, getting a shooting guard back, and then having no point guard going forward, and then having to find some over-the-hill guy, no shot at George Hill, some over-the-hill guy to come in here and run point guard with uh, this this new team that you have for that last year that Giannis is in and Chris Middleton is in and Brooke Lopez is in. So from that perspective, Colin Sexton would be wonderful. Wonderful. Because, again, he gives you the ability to score. He's good in transition. Get up and get out and run in transition. So that's good. Defensively, obviously, no, he's not Drew Holiday. I get that. So you're going to lose something there. But he's younger than these other dudes. Marjan Bochamp is another guy that they have high hopes for of what he may do. If Bochamp can take a step forward this year, uh, and Marjan Bochamp talking about the fact that he went with Giannis over uh, to Greece, and he thinks that you know if he takes that next step forward in his career and and gets going to that that next plateau of his career, that he may look back to this most recent time spent with Giannis in Greece as far as that is a moment that changed his career. That is the moment where he was able to get his game to the next level because of what they did and what he learned in Greece. And maybe that happens. But let's say it does, because we're dreaming about Colin Sexton. Anyhow, let's dream that Marjan Bochamp actually becomes good, right? Let's say he gets good and could be a 3 and D type player and a guy that can get out and run a little bit, because right now that is his strength, getting out, running, and being long. Uh, and he hopefully gets to the point where he knows where he's supposed to be on defense uh, and can hit that three-pointer a little bit consistently. Now, all of a sudden, if you have Sexton, now your backcourt is kind of set here going forward with Sexton and Bochamp. And you still have Giannis if Giannis wants to stay going forward. Now, if Brooke Lopez ages out here in a couple of years and you're like, okay, it's been fun. We're done. See you later. Bye-bye. And then if Middleton can't stay healthy for these next couple of years, at least now you have a couple of good young players 
that you could sell to Giannis as far as, look, this doesn't have to be done. We've got a couple good young players here that are reasonably priced. All we need to do is go out, let's find you one more good player uh, to go with you, and we can still be as competitive as we were before. That really would be something that I think would be unbelievable if they were able to get to that point. But as I've stated before, and I'll state again, I am not buying this Colin Sexton thing unless there's more involved. Like that clutch points thing to me makes a lot more sense. A third team and Bobby Portis goes, then I'll get down and start to understand that, okay, this is possible. This may happen. There is no chance in my in my mind that Danny Ainge is giving away Colin Sexton for Grayson Allen and Pat Conton. And if he is, something is very, very not good about Colin Sexton of why he's that hot to get rid of him, to take just those two players back. Like that, To me, that's red flags across the board about Colin Sexton if that's what this deal ends up being. Big time red flags. Like he knows something you don't know, clearly. And if I was John Orris, I'd be concerned as well. Now, the one thing I will say about the NBA, and probably... All leagues, right? NFL, Major League Baseball. Again, not a big NHL fan, but I'm probably NHL. The one thing that I can tell you is these guys all talk, man. Scouts from teams talk with each other at games. General managers, personnel directors all talk amongst themselves when they're at basketball games, sitting next to each other, watching two teams play. They talk about the what's going on around the league. And, oh, yeah, man, I was talking to Danny uh, in Utah, and he was saying this, this, and this about that guy. Oh, yeah, I talked to Danny a couple weeks ago. He was saying the same thing to me, blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, now everybody kind of gets an understanding of what really is going on in Utah behind the scenes. So now, if there is an issue with, say, uh, Colin Sexton in Utah, and they're willing to dump him off, realistically, I think John Horst would know, or at least he should, what the issues are around Colin Sexton of why they'd be willing to dump him off for just these couple of players. The contract's not bad. You start thinking about Chris Middleton's going to make you know 30 to $40 million a year. Giannis is making $50 million a year. Brooke Lopez is at $24 million a year. This deal here, $17, $18, $19 million a year, not that bad for a kid that's in his mid-20s with lots of basketball left, hasn't reached his prime yet, hasn't gotten the most out of his potential yet. Your coach is apparently a, a talent developer. You could justify making the move for him regardless of what is going on uh, that they feel like they have an issue with as long as you feel like you can coach him up and get him better. There was a reason Cleveland moved on and obviously a reason why now Utah is considering moving on if all of these rumors are said to be true. So that's my take uh, on this whole deal with them. Let's talk some general NBA now, kind of what's going on. This Dallas Mavericks situation, and we brought them up as far as part of the three-team deal on that Clutch Points website. Getting Grant Williams uh, is very interesting to me uh, because now all of a sudden you're the Dallas Mavericks and you bring back Kyrie, which I think they're going to instantly regret after next year. I, To be honest with you, I'm shocked they brought him back. We really haven't talked about it, Nathan Marzian and myself. And you can follow him at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Download Green and Growing wherever you download your favorite podcast, but especially on that Odyssey app where you can find some of the other podcasts we do. Curd and Long, I do with Ryan Horvath. Spare Time Bowling Show talking about the PBA Tour uh, is there as well. But... Luca, by the end of last year, Luca Doncic, by the end of last year, in those press conferences, looked miserable. Looked like he was not having any fun playing and looked like he hated life by the end of last year. That's what it looked like to me. 
Maybe he wasn't miserable. Maybe he was having a bunch of fun. Didn't look like it. The only thing that changed was Kyrie. That's the only thing that changed. Now, you go to Luka and say, we're going to do it again. We think it'll work this time. Now we'll have a training camp to get you guys on the same page. And here we go. It's going to work. Now, I'm going to tell you a situation that this reminds me of. And you older guys and girls, remember this situation. Do we remember the Ray Allen trade in Milwaukee? Do we? Right? Ray Allen gets traded to Seattle. George Carl makes the deal with his former team. And that deal, the Bucs end up with Desmond Mason and Gary Payton. Now, GP ended up playing in the backcourt with Sam Cassell. So you had two point guards in the same backcourt. And they, the Bucs, try to sell to us, the fans, that this was going to work. Like, this was going to be unbelievable because either guy can run the offense, both guys can shoot, both guys can play off each other. This is going to be great. And I will say that there were certain games where they looked pretty good together. And then, then there were others that maybe didn't look as good. I really thought, stupidly, uh, that they were going to keep GP here long-term with George Carl and Sam Cassell. I thought that that was going to happen. These two were going to be together and play for three or four years together. They'd resign him and bring him back. Obviously, I was dead wrong. GP had no interest in playing in Milwaukee uh, past that half a season or whatever it was when they made that trade. Now, that's the last one I can remember where they really had true point, two point guards trying to play together in the backcourt. And that is what Dallas is trying to do. And they're going to try to make it work. I think the odds are stacked up against them that they can make this work to the point where they can be a true championship contender that can deal with Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker. Now, Phoenix, on the other hand, I don't know who's running their offense. I I, I don't know what they're doing. That's, to me, that's something puzzling as far as how that offense is going to run. I'm anxious to see what they decide to do in, in Phoenix going forward. But you aren't going to have enough, even with Grant Williams, to deal with everything that Phoenix has at this point. That's a problem. It's a big problem. Look at the Lakers. They're old butts. And they did a nice job, I feel like, this offseason, kind of retooling their team. But LeBron James and Anthony Davis, provided they're both healthy, your two best players can't guard either one of them. That's a problem as well. Big problem. I, As far as I'm concerned, if your best player, your two top two best players, aren't guardable on the other team, that that's going to be an issue. And when you talk about Kyrie and Luka, sure, you know, you can run doubles at those guys and do different things to make life difficult for them. The problem with LeBron and Anthony Davis is because of how big and physical both of those guys are, they can just muscle their way to wherever they want to go. Both are great passers out of the post and they can make things happen with other guys. Kyrie and Luka, Luka's an unbelievable passer, no doubt. Kyrie is selfish. Right, So you've got a great passer, and you got kind of a selfish guy in Kyrie that's trying to get his. And he's a hell of a basketball player. Not saying he's still not one of the best basketball players, because he is. I just think when you're dealing with a guard, or guards in this situation, there's more you can do to kind of get in front of them than there is when you're dealing with two power guys. Uh, we could talk about building a wall for Giannis and all that, but Anthony Davis 
and LeBron James, in my opinion, are going to present big problems for Dallas because they don't really have the size. Where if you take Dallas, or I should say the Lakers, and you talk about Phoenix, DeAndre Aiden inside? He'll roll with Anthony Davis, right? We'll see how that goes. They're going to beat up on each other on either side of the floor. LeBron and Durant, more than comfortable with that if I'm Phoenix. And they still got two guards on top of it that the other team has to try and defend and keep up with. And whoever is defending them is going to be spent by the end of it. And the two guards for Phoenix aren't going to work all that hard on defense more than likely. So to, to me... From the perspective of how this all stacks up, I think it's very difficult in the West right now to think uh, that a lot of these teams are going to have a true shot at Phoenix. And I know what everybody says. Well, just because it's a super team doesn't guarantee them a championship, Sparky. You're right. But because they're a super team, should make it a lot easier. The biggest obstacle that you have to overcome with a super team is egos. Can everybody get along and fit into their role in order to win a championship, who are going to be the aggressive players and who is going to fit into a role of waiting for their shot before they, you know, get themselves going. And Garn, or I should say Durant, he's going to be the guy. Devin Booker is going to be the guy. And Bradley Beal is going to be the guy. Those three, that's it. DeAndre Aiden doesn't need to have offense run for him. Doesn't have to do any of that stuff. He just gets the jog and throws it back in. That's how this is going to work. The other three will be your scores. Bench, you're going to have bench guys because guys are going to want to come and sign. You're seeing it. Guys that are signing at Phoenix because they believe this gives them the best chance to win a ring. Milwaukee, have we seen that type of thing in Milwaukee necessarily with guys thinking Milwaukee gives them the best chance to win a ring, so I'll go play for a veteran minimum, even though I can probably get some more money somewhere else. I'm going to go play Milwaukee, play with Giannis. I don't know if we've seen a whole bunch of that necessarily uh, with the Bucs, but you're starting to see it now with Phoenix. You saw it a lot with the Heat, with LeBron and Wade and so forth. And the other thing, obviously, let's not let's not be dumb about this, is weather, right? Guys don't want to go where it's cold out a majority of the season when they're playing basketball and that whole deal where, oh, it's really nice in Phoenix year-round. Ah, it's really nice in Miami year-round. Right, So that obviously is part of it, too. You put a good team there, guys are willing to sacrifice money because the weather's really nice, uh, and they have a chance to win a ring. So that, I think, all kind of goes hand in hand. The other thing that I'm interested in is this whole Dame Lillard saga. This is interesting. Fascinating to me. Why? Because he doesn't have a no-trade clause. He can't demand that he only goes to one place. That's how Beal got to Phoenix. He had a full no-trade clause. So he can reject everybody in the league and pretty much tie their hands behind their back like he did to the Wizards to get them to, to get himself to the Suns. That's what happened. Lillard does not have this. So now the Portland Trailblazers, who don't see anything they really like in Miami, they don't want Tyler Hero in his contract, so they're trying to find a third team. They're seemingly struggling to find a third team. The Nets, according to reports, were involved, but they wanted a draft pick or something. If I got to take Tyler Hero, I need a draft pick. I mean, for a guy that got all that money like Tyler Hero did, the local guy here in Wisconsin, he tells me that a lot of this league thinks he's overpaid and overhyped and not worth the money he's getting paid. That's what it tells me. Because if you thought Tyler Hero was worth every dollar Tyler Hero is making, you take Tyler Hero 
No questions asked. Yeah, he's a cornerstone guy. Yeah, I want Tyler here with my other young guys in Portland or my other young guys in Brooklyn. Absolutely. That's not how it's being viewed. What's being viewed is I don't want his contract or I don't want the dude. That's not That's not great. <laughs> that's not great because, A, Miami don't have much else. If you don't want to trade Bam, and we know they're not trading Jimmy Butler, you don't have a lot else to pick from. And I read one report that pretty much said, they told Portland, you're going to have whatever you want, just not Butler and Bam, pick. Take whatever you want for Dame. Problem is, Portland don't really see a lot. So now the issue is, what is the next move? So if Portland says, nope, uh, we're going to call Detroit. You're going to call Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's got a lot of young players. We're going to see if we can get Lillard to Detroit for this. And maybe Lillard goes, I ain't playing in Detroit. I'll retire. I ain't playing in Detroit. Okay. The longer this goes, the more convinced I am that this may end up being Lillard in the regular season still with the Portland Trailblazers. And the conversation of, we'll try and trade you before the deadline, but you're going to have to play here for the time being until we can get something that we like from a team that you like as well. What should have been done here is what should have been done in Green Bay with Rodgers, which is give me your top three teams. I'll call these three teams. Let's see what kind of packages I can get from these three teams. If I get a package I like, we'll trade you. If I don't get anything I like, then you're staying. That's how this should have been handled. Realistically, that's how this should have been handled. And instead, again, according to reports, Lillard's agent is running around telling everybody, don't bother, don't waste your time, he's going to Miami. (laughs) Sorry to break it to you, buddy, but Portland, the ownership and GM control where he's going. Because you, if you're the one that negotiated his last contract, didn't have a full no trade clause in there, which means, guess what? You have no control. You can go tell everybody he's not going to play for anybody else. And if Portland decides, you know what? We're going to trade you here anyhow. And if you want to sit out, go ahead and you sit out and watch your money go by and retire and do whatever you want to do. I don't think he would sit out. And I don't think he'd retire. I think what would end up happening is he'd just tell Portland to hell with it. I'll just play here. I'm good. You can't figure out a deal where I want to go. Then I'll just stay here and play. Screw it. I'm done. He cares. Lillard does a lot about what the fans think of him, what the perception of him is in the community, because he has been Mr. Portland for his entire career. Done a ton of stuff in Portland. He doesn't want to leave Portland necessarily. and has been back and forth in his brain about not leaving Portland. But he also doesn't want to go through a rebuild, which I obviously understand. But at the same point, your contract does not hold Portland from trading you to the best available spot, and that is probably how this should play out. So maybe now Lillard goes back to Portland and says, okay, if you can't get this done with Miami, I'm willing to go to Milwaukee. I'm willing to go to Boston. If he's willing to go to both of those places. Boston, I've been saying this for a while now. Jalen Brown or Damian Lillard makes all the sense in the world to me. They've got Porzingis. They've got Tatum. They've got Lillard. Go and see what happens from that perspective moving forward. That makes sense. Boston apparently is in the conversation to possibly get their hands on Lillard and has checked in. That makes a lot of sense. If Lillard goes to Boston, that gives them a chance of possibly coming out of the East. Without question. If Lillard goes to Miami, that gives them a chance to come out of the East. If if the Bucs were to move Drew Holiday in a Holiday for Lillard deal, or Holiday and Bochamp, or whatever deal you want to call it, and Lillard ends up here with Lillard, Middleton, and Giannis, yeah, that probably makes them the odds-on favor to win the East and be in the NBA Finals at that point. So let him pick his three or four teams and figure out which one can give you the better deal. Bucks have nothing. 
unless Drew Holiday holds value for you, there's really nothing here uh, that they can really take at this point from Milwaukee that has any value. I bring up the Pistons because they're stocked with young guys, lottery picks all over their roster. So if you believe maybe a James Wiseman, who Detroit believed in, they got from Golden State, maybe you think Wiseman can be that center to go along with Shaden Sharp and go along with Scoot and these other guys that you have on this team. Okay, that makes sense then probably to Portland. It's another young piece to put with your other young pieces as you try to build this thing out like Oklahoma City has done over the last several years. That makes sense. Can't wait to see how this little thing falls out. Cannot wait. I think there's a chance he's in Portland to start the season. We'll have to wait and see. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Green and Growing. Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, and I did not forget uh, that A.J. Green uh, signed with the Milwaukee Bucks. To me, it's a non-story. Some of you are very excited uh, about A.J. Green. We'll see how much he actually plays this season. And then I'll get excited if he actually plays more. In the limited roll time, Garbage time that he's had throughout the year. He's shown the ability to shoot, for sure. Defensively, not so sure about that. Uh, So we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. But again, to me, mainly a non-story. That's why I pretty much didn't talk about it throughout the podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Doodles!